Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Yo, what up? Technical Foul Podcast, episode 39, Sunday, September 24th, 2017. I am your host, Manny Fresh. What's good? If you can tell by my voice, I'm in a very good mood because the Jets, that's right, the Jets have won their first game. They can put all those fucking 0-16 memes away for one week at least. The Jets are winners. Hey, man, listen. Let me bask in my fucking glow, cause I, I didn't think I didn't think we would win today. And quite frankly, there may not be many many wins to come by this year. So I gotta fucking bask in my fucking glory. So if I'm extra hyped today, it's because the fucking Jets won. And we actually dominated. Like we actually beat the fuck out of the Dolphins. Or as I like to call them, the fucking flaming sharks. So you know, that's what I like to call them. But we beat the Dolphins. That's a good thing. Uh, always a good thing to beat the Dolphins. Always. Oh, I love it. I love it with their silly little helmets and their silly, silly little logo and their little annoying-ass, little bright-ass uniforms. It feels great to beat the Dolphins. I mean, it feels absolutely marvelous to beat the Dolphins. So to all the Dolphin fans I know, eat a dick. Ah, feels good. But yeah, man. Uh... Back with another episode of the podcast. Uh, like I said, it's Sunday, September 24th. I think it's, what, the third day of fall. My favorite season, so I'm happy. Done with this fucking hot weather. But I don't, you know, you know the thing I like about fall, though? It's like, it's not too hot, not too cold. It's like right in the middle, leaning towards a little bit cold, but it's not too bad, though. I like I like fall. It's like my favorite fucking season, so I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm cool with fall, because... It was fucking hot out here this summer. Right? We had a fucking crazy ass summer where I'm at. So glad to finally have a, a little bit of a variety in our weather. Finally, so I'm good. But uh, it's been an interesting uh, week, as you guys noticed. Uh, we had a little bit of a hiatus, man. It's just been we had some issues going on with the show technically and and uh, schedule wise. So we just couldn't link up with the guys to do a show uh, over the last few weeks. So it's been a little bit of a of a, an issue. Uh, the last couple weeks, we haven't been giving y'all the, the heat on a weekly basis like y'all have expected to. But uh, 
This should be the last hiatus for a long, long time. Uh, we're going to come at y'all every week with another episode. So we're here for the long run. So I'm here today by myself today. No co-host. So, um, yeah, let's get it. Um, it's been an interesting couple days. Like I started uh, your boy, Trompito, as uh, Deuces and Mero like to call him. Uh, y'all boy, 45, 45, the president, the man in charge, the commander in chief. Is at it again. And you know what pisses me off about this dude? It, it, it's like the shit with him is so unprovoked. Like he just goes on these tangents about nothing. He, he literally is like a child. Like he's literally a fucking child. And it's sad because he's a seven year, 70 year old man. Donald Trump is 70 years old, right? And he acts like a fucking seven year old. Literally, he acts like a seven year old. Like he goes on these tangents that really don't mean anything, doesn't stick to a script. He he has these little campaign rallies. I don't know why the fuck are you having a campaign rally after you've done campaigning. Like you're not you're not campaigning anymore, technically speaking. You're not campaigning anymore. You've won the election. You've been in office now for what, eight, nine months close to? So what the fuck are you campaigning for? I, I'm it's it's stupid, but whatever. So he goes on these tangents in these little speeches that, like, come out of fucking nowhere. Like, dude, what the fuck? Why did, why would Kaepernick or the NFL even come up in a speech given to a bunch of fucking hicks in Alabama? Like, why? Why would you even, I mean, I get it, but why is the president even talking about this? Is is beyond me. I don't know, but that's y'all boy. But anyway, in this speech, he basically says that anybody who protests any, any, any player, any athlete that protests during a national anthem is a son of a bitch and should be fired. Y'all boys said this. The president of the United States, Trumpito, said this. You know, I'm paraphrasing, of course, but y'all know the quotes. I mean, if y'all y'all have been following this shit the last 24 hours or so, 20, 48 hours or so, um, y'all know what the fuck he said. So he said this shit. And of course, the entire sports world is basically up in arms. You had niggas on Twitter calling him an asshole, uh, LaShawn McCoy, um, LeBron. The first time I've again, this is we're breaking new ground here today. We're breaking new ground on the podcast. Anybody who knows me knows that I am a LeBron James hater. I'm a certified LeBron James hater, and I take pride in that. Like I am a prideful LeBron James hater for very valid reasons. But this is the first time that I will not bash LeBron James. I will actually call him by his full name, LeBron James. I think he's a great man for this week and this week only. He is a great man. And I loved his fucking tweet. I loved his tweet. He fucking emphasized it as best as anybody could. Called called Trump Trumpito a bum. Like... If you haven't seen his tweets, go 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 find it. It's out there. You can go see it. But I mean, it was it was the perfect fucking tweet. It really was, and it's just synonymous with. I mean, everybody's bashing this nigga. Ice Cube. I mean, everybody who's everybody is bashing this motherfucker, as they should, because he's an embarrassment. He literally is an embarrassment. He's an embarrassment, and it bothers me and and we'll get in, we'll get into the debate about the whole Kaepernick thing because you had obviously players 
today around the league. If you guys hadn't uh, noticed it or or by, by the time you listen to this podcast, you'll probably see the highlights. Players across the, uh, the league in arms, kneeling for the national anthem. And I love it. I think it's great. The one problem I have with that, and I'll get to that in a second, but your boy Trump, like, this man is a joke. He literally is a fucking joke. Like, for the fir- forget what your political leanings are. You know, you're a Republican, you're a Democrat, you're a conservative, you're a liberal, you're a libertarian, you're a nationalist, whatever, whatever your whatever ideology you choose to live by or follow, right? I don't know if you if you're honest with yourself and you're a common sense having person. I don't know how you can't look at this man and say he's a fucking joke. He is a joke. He is an embarrassment to the presidency. He's an embarrassment to the presidency. He's he he's he makes Bush. I mean, he he literally makes George Bush look like Winston Churchill. He literally makes George. I mean, pick pick any of the worst fucking presidents we've ever had. Zachary Taylor, you know, Buchanan, Andrew Johnson. This man makes all of these men look like Winston Churchill. Like, like, they basically look like Gandhi by comparison. Because that's how horrible he fucking is as a leader. That's how bad he is as a fucking president. He's a scumbag. A racist. I could say he's a Nazi. Or at the very least, a Nazi sympathizer. He's a fucking pervert. Who thinks it's okay to grab women by the pussies because, hey, when you're famous, you can get away with it, right? Right, Don? He is literally a piece of shit. So, Mr. President, with all due disrespect intended, fuck you. Because, of course, it's a horrible thing to protest injustice in this country. It's a horrible thing to protest injustice, not just to black people, but Hispanics, uh, Native Americans, Muslims. Christians, white people, black people, dark people, injustice across the board. It's a terrible thing to protest that. It's a, pro- it's a terrible thing to say, you know what? I am not happy with the treatment some people in this country are receiving. And I am going to peacefully, peacefully protest. I am going to peacefully use my platform to bring awareness to this issue. You're an asshole. You're a son of a bitch. You should be fired. Amazingly enough. Amazingly enough. So, again, with all due disrespect, Mr. Trump, and he's not listening to this shit, of course not. If the Secret Service somewhere is tapping into my fucking uh, internet and, 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 and has spotted my IP address and is, and is able to listen to this someday, when, or shit, when it, once this shit goes live and the fucking whole world can listen to this, with all due disrespect, Mr. Trump, Suck my dick. Fucking racist ass piece of shit. Anyway, so of course, this motherfucker with all his bravado and all his bullshit causes an an uproar. And you've got everybody now in arms across the NFL um, 
kneeling for the for the national anthem. And and this is what bothers me about this now. Now the owners want to join in. It's amazing, right? It's amazing how the owners now, oh, it's it's oh, now we're 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 banding together to protest inequality. Oh, now now it's beautiful. Now it's now it's kosher. Now it's cool. Now it's a thing to do. Now it's unity. Amazing. Where the fuck were you guys last year? Fuck, fuck last year. Where the fuck were you guys two weeks ago? I got to see owners across the league in arms with players. And while visually it's a great sight and, it, and, it me, and the message, I guess, it's good, I just don't like bandwagon jumpers. And I'll get to your boy Ray Lewis in a second. I don't like bandwagon jumpers. Because if you had a problem with it, and evidently you did by the fact that none of the 30 teams have signed Colin Kaepernick yet. If you had a problem with it, don't jump on the bandwagon now because of PR. Don't jump on the bandwagon now because of the president made y'all look like assholes. Half of these owners supported Donald Trump, by the way. And I'll bash my own fucking team because I'm not a phony. I'll bash my fucking team. Christopher Johnson, the interim owner, because, you know, my, my owner... That 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 Einstein of an owner that I have, Woody Johnson, is out parading in the UK somewhere for this shit show administration as the ambassador for Great Britain. Because he has better things to do than run his football team, apparently. Hey, go be an ambassador to Great Britain. Huh, great. Wonderful. So anyway, Christopher Johnson, the guy that's running things, Woody Johnson's brother. You know, he's out there preaching and giving speeches about unity and equality. He was out there. He was one of them other phonies out there today. In arms, locked in arms with, with, with players on my team. Nah, nigga. Don't jump on the bandwagon now. Your brother fucking gave money to his campaign. Your brother gave money to Trump's campaign, my nigga. Don't jump on the bandwagon now. Don't jump on it now because you think it's cool. Don't jump on the bandwagon now because your players are tweeting and talking about it. Don't jump on the bandwagon now. You can't tell me you're for inequality and positive protests when you're supporting Donald Trump. I'm sorry. You can't. Not going to sell me on that. Sorry, Chris. Sorry, Wood. Not going to happen. Not buying it. Not buying it. And then... The most flagrant of all the shits, right? Like, literally the most, like, disgusting and almost gag-inducing part of this whole thing is Ray motherfucking Lewis. And I've never been a real Ray Lewis fan. I've always thought he's a little bit... what He was annoying as a player with all his constant fucking preaching. And then I found out this nigga's background. Like, this nigga's got six kids with, like, four different women. But he's, a, but he's apparently a big Christian. Like, yeah, right. So... I've never been a huge Ray Lewis fan, but I mean, over the last few years, like this nigga really, really, really has gotten on my goddamn nerves. Like I've really started to like despise this dude. Number one, he was fucking terrible on TV. He's terrible on TV. He's still terrible. He was, he was fucking terrible on ESPN. That's why they let him go. That was one of the smart fires they made was along with getting rid of fucking, uh, what's, what's old boy's name? Um, quarterback for the Ravens. Um, Trent Dilfer. Because Trent Dilfer thought he was the smartest guy in the room. Like, dude, you're Trent Dilfer. Stop. 
Ray Lewis was terrible on TV. ESPN got him the hell out of there, thank God. So he's on Fox now, parading around being the resident Uncle Tom. And he's fucking terrible at that. So, number one, he's terrible at TV and he's terrible at his job. Number two, he's a scumbag. Ray, again, like I said a couple weeks on the show, we have yet to find your white suit, Ray. So before you start preaching and start giving me uh, Bible verses and this, that, and the other, um, we have yet, again, I repeat, we have yet to find the white suit, Ray. This is a man that allegedly, allegedly was involved in a murder, in a homicide in Atlanta, 1999, or in 2000 for the Super Bowl. So... I'm not the biggest Ray Lewis fan. You know, call me crazy, but whatever. He's not my nigga. You know what I mean? So anyway, this man, after all this, and he's been talking real spicy about the whole fucking Colin Kaepernick situation, right? Yeah, I mean, you guys know. You guys have seen fucking uh, Undisputed and, and where all the other places, all the other fucking crappy ass shows that Fox has. He's been on there talking real spicy about the whole fucking Kaepernick situation and all of that. And blah blah blah. Guess who's the guess who's the main nigga fucking kneeling today for the Ravens? Guess who it is? Ray motherfucking Lewis. First of all, he does he both knees, which looks like an idiot. And number two, dog, you was just talking spicy about this nigga a couple weeks ago. You was out here cooning for Bashadi the other day. This man was literally cooning for Bashadi the other day. And now all of a sudden, it's cool to stand? It's cool to kneel for the national anthem? Really, Ray? Really? Really? Now, I know some people will say, well, what's wrong with being enlightened? What's wrong with changing your mind? Because you know when you're a cynic or a skeptic, you know, to, 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 to a cause or whatever, people call you, ah, stop being so cynical, stop being so whatever, blah, 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 blah. I can deal with changing heart. There's been many things that I've changed my mind about in life. We're adults. We can change. But when, it, when you do it, when you are such a staunch person on one side of the issue and then you basically do the opposite because it's trendy or because that's what the growing move is. So soon, like not even like a not even like a like a couple weeks or like a or a statement before it. You just I'm a kneel today. Hey, 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 niggas is getting killed every day by police officers, but hey, I ain't had no problem with that shit. But hey, today, right, I got a problem with it, right? Today I got no massa bashadi. No massa bashadi. I don't have an issue today. I's gonna I, I have an issue today, massa bashadi. I's gonna kneel today. Right? Is that what you're gonna do, right? This nigga here. What pisses me off is this man was talking so much heat on this whole Kaepernick situation. This nigga was talking mad spicy. And all of a sudden now it's trendy. Now it's okay. Now it's cool. Now it's great. Now it's wonderful, huh? Amazing. 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 I mean, it's, it's, it's laughable. I mean, it's fucking laughable. It's laughable. Now, I don't want to fucking, you know, kill the whole thing because I think it was great. I really do. I think they're a little late to the party, obviously, but I think it's great that these players are standing united and they're fucking finally saying, fuck it. I'm going to take a stand because a lot of these niggas was afraid. And, and you can't knock every player because, hey, 
not every player has that that mindset to be socially conscious. They should. A lot of them should. The majority of them should. But some don't. And I guess I don't blame all of them. And they're all a little late to the party, I guess. You know what I'm saying? Definitely. But better late than never. And I hope this continues. I really hope this continues. I could do without the fucking owners. Because for them, that's phony. Let me tell the owners something. For every owner that went out there with their players and locked arms and saying kumbaya, let me tell every one of those owners. Tuesday, hold an open trial for, for Colin Kaepernick. No, don't tell me, don't tell me you're so much for equality and for this and for that. On Tuesday, because most, te- most teams, if you don't play on Monday and you play on Sunday, have Mondays off. Most teams, most NFL teams. Monday's like a recovery day. Some teams do Tuesday and Wednesday, or Monday and Tuesday. Most teams have Monday off. Besides the two teams playing on Monday Night Football, I want every team, every team, every owner, right? Every owner says Chad Khan. Chad Khan was out there proud with his players, right? Proud with his players in London. Guess what? I don't care what Blake Bortles' numbers did. Blake Bortles' numbers look like today. Hold the open trial tomorrow and 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 trial Colin Kaepernick because he's better than Blake Bortles. Obviously, he's better than Chad Henney. We know that. Hey, Chris, don't just talk about it, be about it. Work out Colin Kaepernick tomorrow. Dan Snyder, work out Colin Kaepernick tomorrow. Steve Bashotti, work out Colin Kaepernick tomorrow. Don't go out there and kneel and hold arms and, and, and sing kumbaya and talk that shit. And then tomorrow is business as usual. Don't talk that shit and then be like, oh, well, <laughs> we don't we don't want to sign Kaepernick. No, 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 no. We don't think he's that great of a player. Really? Really? Brian Hoyer still has a job, but Colin Kaepernick doesn't. But I'm not going to get into that. But this is directed to those own- owners. Every single owner that I saw kneel and hold arms and sing kumbaya and talk that shit and blah, 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 work out Colin Kaepernick. Don't talk about it. Be about it. Then you'll show me something. Then you'll show me that we've reached a new level of this shit. That we're that we're that we've gone beyond this and we're 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 breaking new ground. We're understanding each other. We're joined at the hip. We're together in this fight. Until then, y'all just a bunch of phonies looking for camera time. Or jumping on an issue because it's fucking good PR. That's it. That's it. Fucking Ray Lewis. That really... I don't know why that bothered me. I mean, it bothered a lot of people because Ray Lewis was trending all morning, basically. But that that shit just really fucking bothered me, man. Like, it really, really fucking bothered me. Like, yo, this thing of all niggas... The main nigga talking mad shit. The, like one of the main motherfuckers. Cooling out here for fucking Bashadi. Because Bashadi was like, oh, we gotta talk to we gotta talk to our fans and blah 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 blah. Oh, oh, because you know, signing Kaepernick was such a huge This is a guy that basically welcomed Ray Rice with open arms. And I'm not bashing my nigga Ray Rice. He made a mistake, a, a terrible, horrible fucking mistake. 
And he deserved his penance. Now, I think he deserved another job in the league, but that's another, that's another argument for another day. But this nigga couldn't wait to welcome Ray Rice with open arms. After a two-game suspension. A couple weeks ago on the show, I, I ran down the list of Raven players over the last 15 years that have been arrested in one time or another for dumb shit. And that includes uh, Uncle Ruckus, Ray Lewis. But Colin Kaepernick can't get a job for the Ravens. Oh, his girlfriend made uh, derogatory remarks about Steve Bashotti. Oh, called him a racist. And while I don't think Steve Bashotti's a racist, quote unquote, The nigga was acting weird when it came to the whole Kaepernick situation. Especially if you know your quarterback at the time was injured. You didn't know his availability. You didn't know what you didn't know whether he was going to be ready for training camp or you didn't know whether he was ready to be for the beginning of the play of the of the regular season. Colin Kaepernick's available. Ryan Mallett is your fucking backup. You chose to go with Ryan Mallett. Unbelievable. Ray Lewis. Cooning ass Ray Lewis, man. Fuck out of here. I never liked that nigga. I never liked that. I know, obviously, I know how great of a fucking player he was. One of the greatest linebackers of all time. Arguably, greatest or second greatest linebacker of all time. Great, great player. We'll never debate that, obviously. He's an amazing player. But he's a fucking coon. A motherfucking coon. Straight like that. That's what I'm going to say. Fucking coon. Some people might not like it, but hey, it's got to be said. It's got to be said. It's got to be said. It's got to be said, man. For real. It's got to be said. I, I, I just can't, I can't, I can't get the fucking image out of my head of this nigga Ray Lewis, man. Kneeling today. It just made me, it just really made me sick. That's, that's how you can tell motherfuckers is just fake. That's how you can tell motherfuckers is just camera hounds. That they do shit for the camera, they jump on an issue when it's fucking cool or when it's convenient, when it when it's when it's when it's when it's right for them. When they can gain something out of it, that's when they jump on the issue. When it's right for them. When it's right for them, that's when they jump on the issue. That's when it's appropriate. I guess in July it wasn't appropriate for Ray Lewis to take a stand and back Kaepernick. And in August, it wasn't prudent. In September, or a large vast majority of September, it wasn't prudent. But today, it was a good day, right? Today was a good day, Ray? Today was a good day. I couldn't believe that shit. And I'm glad most people agree with me. Because they was clowning this nigga on Twitter. Clowning him. Because again, this man was talking mad shit. Mad shit. 
about Kaepernick and the whole stance and the protests and this, that, and the other. Not to mention, Ray Lewis is one of the infamous motherfuckers that met with Donald Trump at Trump Tower. He's one of the he's one of the he's one of the few of the of the Cooning All Stars that met with Donald Trump this year. Ray Lewis was there in Trump Tower, representing the Cooning All Stars, meeting with your boy Donald Trump, and now today he want to take a knee. Today is cool. Today is prudent. Fuck out of here, man. Again, Ray, we have yet to find your white suit, my nigga. We have yet to find your white suit. I want to know where the white suit is, Ray. I want to know. I know you technically got off, but I know them niggas never found a white suit, so I don't know. I don't know. And for these owners that want to sit there and lock arms, again, as I stated earlier, for these owners that want to sit there and lock arms and sing Kumbaya and say, oh, blah, 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 we're together, unity, one team, one fight, blah, 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 President Trump is wrong, although most of them niggas donated to him, but they won't say that now, obviously. For all of these motherfuckers, right, that's, that stood arm in arm with their players today, if you're really down for the cause, tomorrow or Tuesday... Work out Colin Kaepernick. Work him out. Work him out. That's all I got to say. Work him out. Don't sit there and tell me how much you down for the cause. Work him out. Sign Colin Kaepernick. Shad Khan. Your quarterback is Blake Portals and Chad Henney. Sign Colin Kaepernick. Don't sit there and fucking sing Kumbaya with, with, uh, with uh, Calais Campbell. No. Sign Colin Kaepernick. If you don't, shut the fuck up. I don't want to hear from you. I don't want to see you kneeling. I don't want to see you holding arms with anybody. You probably donated to Trump's campaign. I don't want to hear from you. Don't jump on the bandwagon now, my nigga. Don't. Don't. You're swagger jacking right now. It's, it's sick. It's disgusting. Don't do it. Don't do it. And Ray Lewis. Oh, man. Oh, my God. Mr. Mr. No Weapon Formed Against Me shall prosper. This nigga. This coon and ass nigga. Fuck out of here, man. He's a coon. If you was a Raven fan and you love and you fuck with Ray Lewis, I'm sorry. Your boy's a coon. It's a coon. Great linebacker. Great linebacker. Got a cool dance. Everything is a fucking sermon. Everything is a sermon or a psalm or he preaching. He ain't gonna preach to y'all how he got six kids with four different women though. He ain't gonna tell you that shit though. He ain't gonna preach to y'all about that shit. Nah, he ain't gonna tell y'all about that though. Nah. He ain't gonna tell y'all about that. 
But he the main nigga talking spicy about about, about uh, Kaepernick. And then he gonna kneel today. Arm in arm. Looking like an idiot. With his drawn on fucking hairline. Fuck out of here, man. Go do some fucking steroids before the Super Bowl again. Bum. And as for Donald Trump. Mr. President. 45. Trumpito. With all due disrespect intended. Again, I will say. Eat a motherfucking dick. Eat a motherfucking dick. I can't believe this shit, man. I'm, I'm gonna get off this because I'm, I'm feeling, I'm feeling really some type of way. I'm, I'm feeling some type of way, and you know. When you feel some type of way, it's just going to lead you down a path that you don't want to go. So, I'm going to leave it at that, man. But hey, to the owners, if you're really down for the cause, sign my nigga Kaepernick. If not, shut the fuck up. I don't want to hear from you. I really don't. I really don't. So, that's just, that's just how it is, man. You know what I mean? That's just how it is. That's just how it is. Nothing personal. Nothing personal. I applaud the cause. I mean, I applaud that you... Guys were willing to do it, I guess. You know what I'm saying? I guess, you know, better late than never. But I can't take you seriously right now. I just can't. I'm sorry. I can't. Anyways, in other news, uh, the Knicks fucking telenovela is finally over. The telenovela going on at, at Madison Square Garden is finally over. The Carmelo Anthony era of the New York Knicks is officially over. He was traded yesterday to the Thunder for a package of Enos Cantor. Uh, I know they got a draft pick in return. And I forgot what else they got in the fucking deal. Um, off the top of my head, I, I forgot what the fuck it was. I know it was Enos Cantor. I know they got a future draft pick. Um, yeah. I think they got something. I'm trying to see who the fuck they got. I know I had that shit in my fucking... I'm try, I'm forgetting who the fuck they got. The shit went down yesterday. Um, a lot of reports coming out today that they tried to trade him to Cleveland originally. Uh, they were trying to get Tristan Thompson, but the fucking Cavaliers were, wouldn't bulge on Tr Tristan Thompson because Tristan Thompson is such a great player. The 90 million fucking... Worthless piece of shit who who barely can rebound. Yeah, that Tristan Thompson. But anyway, um, the Knicks were I guess were trying to get him in return in the deal, but they were unable, they were unable to work out something with the Cavaliers. So they took the Thunder's uh, offer and made the trade. So Carmelo Anthony is officially a Thunder, and his New York Knicks career is over. And I feel a little conflicted because I've always been a Carmelo fan. I've always loved Carmelo from his days in high school to Syracuse to Denver, obviously, and then obviously with the Knicks. So it's conflicting. I've always had a love. I've loved him mostly, but I, but as a Nick, I've always had a love-hate relationship with Carmelo. Like, I've loved that, you know, he always played, you know, he played hard and he was a great player individually, but he wasn't a guy that made the Knicks better. Outside of one year... Outside of one year, where the Knicks won 55 games, and you could argue he should have won the MVP, he made the Knicks better. 
And the other times, and, and granted, a lot of his tenure in New York, bad coaching from Mike D'Antoni on down. Bad executives. Bad decision making. And the one thing that, the one constant that lies in all of that is a fucking horrible and bad owner in James Dolan. So, I understand when people defend Carmelo. My problem with Carmelo has always been that he's always wanted to be the guy regardless of the success of the team. Like, you could be a... a, a, a you could be an egomaniac. You could be a ball hog. You could be that guy, that alpha on a team, but realize that winning is, but also be a guy that realizes that winning is more important. Like people talk about Kobe's this and Kobe's that, but Kobe, Kobe wanted to win. Kobe wanted to win. Kobe would do anything in his power. He would fucking kill his own mother to win because he just had that pedigree. He was built like that. And my problem with Melo is I've never felt like Melo had that in him. I've never felt like Melo had that dog in him that I want to fucking win. I want to do whatever it takes to win. In, to win. I want to go above and beyond the fucking call to win. I've never felt he's had that. That's just me. That's just my personal opinion. I've never felt that Melo has been on that level. Where he's had that fucking fire inside of him to do what it takes to win. He couldn't stand Jeremy Lin. He was jealous of Jeremy Lin when he started getting all the fucking play and the attention in New York. So he got Jeremy Lin the hell up out of there. And if you guys don't think that was the case, you're stupid. Carmelo Anthony was never going to tolerate Jeremy Lin resigning with the Knicks that season. It just wasn't going to happen. It was not going to happen. He didn't really make an effort to get now. Obviously, a lot of that was Amari being diminished and injured. But I don't think he ever really made a true effort to try to get to, to try to get along on the court with, with Amari Stoudemire. It was never going to work. It was never going to be a fit. And even in recent years. With Porzingis, there was some hesitancy there from him to adjust and take a secondary role and, you know, kind of let Porzingis, or let this be Porzingis' team. Let's not forget Carmelo Anthony, as all of us, me included, bashed a pick a few years ago. Bashed it. Now, I won't, I won't kill him for that because I was the first nigga bashing that shit. Like, who the fuck is this Porzingis dude from Latvia? And then we've realized this nigga can ball, and then all of a sudden the perception changed. But I, I won't knock him for that. But I'm just saying, Carmelo has never been a guy that has done what it takes to try to win. He just hasn't. He just hasn't. And I'm very so so that's always clouded my my judgment on Melo and the Knicks. It's been an up and down tenure, mostly down, sadly. I don't think a lot of it was his fault, but I'm not absolving him from blame either because I think he had a lot to do with a lot of the problems the Knicks had. And my problem with a lot of Knicks fans 
is that they try to see Carmelo as the victim. And Carmelo's not the victim. Is he the root cause of everything going on with the Knicks? No, because we've already established that on this show many a times. James Dolan is the root issue with the Knicks. He's the problem. We have a shitty owner. He's the problem. So, I don't think you can always... I don't think you can fully blame Melo for the problems of the Knicks. Obviously, he had a large hand in it. Phil's incompetence had a large hand in it. Derek Fisher deciding that it was more prudent to try to learn his craft, to try to fuck a fuck a ex-teammate's girl or wife instead of actually applying and try to learn your craft. That had a hand in it. Kurt Rambis being an inept head coach had a, had, a, had, a, had a hand in it. So, obviously, there's a lot of blame to go around with the Knicks situation. Obviously. So, I don't think it's fair to say, oh, Carmelo Anthony was the root cause of all the issues of Knicks. I, I get that. But he had a lot to do with it. And I'm kind of indifferent on the trade, honestly. Like, I'm really kind of indifferent on it because it is what it is. It, it had to be done. I said it on the show a couple times. I think I said it on many episodes with Noah Tour on here that I, I don't think the Knicks could come into next. I don't think the Knicks could come into training camp, which is starting up, I think, in a week. I think preseason's getting ready. I think, a pre, matter of fact, preseason's getting, preseason's getting ready to start next week, I think. So I think they already started training camp. I'm, I'm, I know the NBA season starts early this year, so I'm not sure when preseason or training camp officially kicks off, but there's no way, there's no way the Knicks could go into training camp with Carmelo Anthony on the team. It just, it just, too much was done. Too much was said that it just was never going to happen. It just, it just couldn't happen. It wasn't smart for it to happen. It could happen, obviously, because it's the Knicks and anything can happen with the fucking Knicks. Again, it's James Dolan. But it wasn't a smart thing for it to happen. And they made a trade. And look, we can we can quibble on the trade and you know what exactly the Knicks got back. Enos Cantor and Joakim Noah are on the same team making a bajillion of dollars. So that's never a good thing. Never. And it makes the Knicks horrible defensively. I mean, Noah's shot, and Enos Cantor is not exactly, uh, you know, Ralph Sampson. So, yeah, defensively, I think the Knicks are, are hurt by this. But I just think that, but I'm indifferent to the trade. I, I just think that uh, it was a trade that had to happen. Obviously, the Knicks killed his value. Well, Phil killed his value when he basically told the entire league that, hey, I, I want to trade, <laughs> I want to trade Carmelo. Doug McDermott. Doug McDermott is the other piece that the Knicks got in the trade. Dougie McDermott. So, uh, I mean, again, they got players back. They got a pick back. Um, it hasn't been disclosed what kind of pick they got. I, I really didn't pay attention to what kind of pick they got back. Hopefully, it's a future first-round pick. I think it is. I want to say it is. Um, so, Yeah. They just got players. I mean, I, I don't think you can view this trade in a sense of who won the trade, obviously. A normal trade like that. This is one of those where the Knicks had to make a trade. The Thunder were looking to make, to get better. And they acquired Carmelo Anthony. Now, as far as the Thunder goes, um, I think it makes them better. 
I was I was a little so-so on the Paul George trade. I mean, I liked it from the fact that I think the Thunder got better, obviously, but I don't I, I didn't like it in the sense that that's a huge risk for the Thunder to take because Paul George is a free agent. If you read between the tea leaves, he wants to go to my Lakers. If that happens, then you you make that trade and you don't win this year, then what was the point of that trade? And Russell leaves in two year or next year, then what was the point of that trade? I guess you took your shot. I think you shot it. I think you took your shot, but I, I don't necessarily agree with that or agree with the logic of the trade, but whatever. So I was I wasn't as high on the fucking Paul George trade as other people were. This trade, I mean, I like it for the Thunder. I mean, it, I, again, it improves them. But like every team in the West, unless you're getting a truly game-changing player back in return, like unless like LeBron James is fucking being traded to the Portland Trailblazers, I think every team in the West is playing for second place. Cuz I don't I don't think anybody's beating Golden State. I just don't. That's just the bottom line. Can, someone, can a real NBA fan, my real NBA fans out there, can you honestly tell me that the Thunder right now is currently constituted are going to beat the fucking Warriors? They're just not. Okay, maybe they'll push the Warriors to six games. Are they better than the Thunder? Are they better than the Rockets right now? Yeah, you could probably say they're better than the Rockets. Maybe. Are they better than the Spurs? Debatable. It's debatable. It's debatable. But they're definitely... Are they better than the Clippers? Yes. Are they better than the Jazz? Yes. But are they better than the Warriors? And that's what counts. It doesn't matter if you're better than the Rock. It doesn't matter if you're better than the Rockets. It doesn't matter if you're better than the Spurs. It doesn't matter if you're better than the Jazz or, or the Mavericks or the Nuggets or the Trailblazers. It doesn't matter. Are they better than Golden State? And I don't think they are. And I think most people in the NBA don't think they are. And I know what they're banking on. I know they're banking on winning 50-something games. You know, getting a top three or four seed. Hopefully advancing to the second to the second or third to the second round or even a conference final and challenging the Warriors. And that will be enough to persuade Russell Westbrook to stay and sign a long-term extension. That's what they're banking on. And by having this success this year, that that will persuade Paul George to re-sign next summer as well. And Carmelo, I think, already still under contract for another three years. Four years, I think. That they have the makings of a team that can compete year in and year out with the Warriors. I know that's what their logic is. I know that's what Presti's logic is. And I can't blame him for trying. I can't blame him for shooting his shot. But... Again, are they better than the Warriors? No, I don't think so. And it's debatable if they're even better than the Spurs. So for for OKC, I understand the trade. I like it, I guess. But I'm just ho-hum on it because I don't think that... I think it makes them better. I think they're definitely improved. I think they're definitely one of the four best teams in the West, obviously.
But again, the goal isn't to just be a top four seed. The goal is to win a championship. The goal is to be better than the Golden State Warriors. And are they, have they accomplished that? No. I don't think they have. I don't think they have. So, I understand the trade from OKC standard, okay? from OKC's point of view. And then for the Knicks, I, they had to make the trade. The Knicks are clearly rebuilding. The Knicks are finally rebuilding. Hopefully rebuilding. I'm hesitant to say the Knicks are rebuilding because every time the Knicks say they're rebuilding or going in a different direction, we never had a real true rebuild in franchise history, maybe on, probably before Ewing. And even then, I don't think it was a true rebuild. When Donnie Walsh was, 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 was running the team, they were rebuilding, but they still had a lot of pricey contracts. But they were more trying to offset and offload contracts than they were trying to pick up guys. That was the last real time we were rebuilding. So I'm real hesitant to say the Knicks are rebuilding. Because I've seen it all before with the Knicks and this owner. But I think the Knicks are at least giving a good effort, I will say, to try to rebuild. And it was time. You're not going to win a championship with Carmelo Anthony. Carmelo Anthony is not the type of player that you hold on to when you're trying to rebuild. Clearly. And now Porzingis can be the face of the franchise. Now Porzingis can be the guy that leads this franchise. Up or down. And I was a little down on Kristaps to end the season last year. Because I get Phil is a disaster and I get that you're not happy with what's going on. But who the hell is Kristaps Porzingis to miss, miss an exit meeting? This is the same Kristaps Porzingis that hasn't played more than 70 games in his entire NBA career. And the Knicks have won nothing with Kristaps Porzingis. I get it. He's a tremendous player, and I love Kristaps. I love, I love, I love Porzingis, as I like to call him. But who the hell is he to be skipping out exit meetings with Phil Jackson? Phil Jackson. Now this isn't some fly-by-night GM. This isn't some random guy. Say what you want to say about his basketball acumen as a, as an executive. This is still Phil Jackson. Sit down with him for twenty minutes, talk about the season and whatever. But that's all, that's, that's neither here nor there now at this point because Phil is gone and Porzingis is still here. So I was down on, I was still, I was down on Porzingis to end last year, but I, I know how great he is, obviously. He's a, a tremendous player. And now he gets to take that mantle as the, the guy, the guy, the star player, the franchise player for the Knicks. He's the face of the franchise now. He's the guy now with Carmelo gone. So, we'll see how uh, he handles it. We'll see how he handles it. We'll see how he handles it. So, I think he, I think, I think the Knicks are heading towards a good direction. I don't think they're on the direction yet, but they're, they're heading there. Scott Perry looks like he's a smart guy. He comes well-recommended, well-respected around the league. So I think the Knicks are doing a decent job. 
They're finally... Here's the biggest thing that Nick fans have to take away from this. It finally, for the first time, seems... I'm not going to say they do. Seems to feel like the Knicks have a plan. They have a plan. They're going to build this team around Porzingis. They're willing to suck for a few years. Hopefully get lucky. Get a top three or four pick. And take their chances there. Hopefully next year, they can finish with one of the two... Worst records in the league and get a chance to get either Michael Porter Jr. or Marvin Bagley. And that even that 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 accelerates your rebuild. If you can get one of those two players. So the Knicks seem to have a clear path and a direction. Are they on there yet? They're they're headed towards that direction. I'm not gonna say they're on the path, they're there. They're doing good. We could see it. Because I'm I'm really skeptical on the fucking Knicks at anything they do because of their owner. But I think that they're headed in the right direction. Clearly, they're headed in the right direction. So, Carmelo's a thunder. Eh. Good for them. I hope he does well in in, in, in Oklahoma City. I'm not again, I I I've never hated Carmelo. I I I love Carmelo. He's been one of my favorite players. I've been rough on him the last few years because I feel like a lot of the issues going on with the Knicks are his fault. Not all of them. Not the majority of them. But I didn't like how the New York media tried to spin it like Carmelo was the the biggest victim. And and Carmelo was the angel amidst the rubble of all this disaster that was the Knicks. And I, I didn't see it that way. I thought Carmelo was in there too, in the mud. Hand-in-hand hand with James Dolan and, and all the other issues going on with the Knicks. Again, not the majority. But he, he definitely had a hand in it. And I didn't like how the media treated him. I didn't like how the media basically portrayed Carmelo out to be the poor soul. I didn't. In OKC now. And... We'll see who else the, the Knicks, how, how, or how else the Knicks can screw this whole thing up. We'll see. We'll see. Um, college football from yesterday, nothing that really stood out to me. Um, well, I, I guess a couple things stood out to me. I'm surprised how, how bad Georgia beat up on Mississippi State. I thought Mississippi, again, this is why you can't trust teams like Mississippi State. Mississippi State reminds me of a team like Clemson from a few years ago. Remember Clemson used to be that team that, man, every year Clemson had a lot of hype and a lot of high hopes. And, man, you were like, man, Clemson Clemson could do something this year. Clemson can really be that team that takes that next level. And, man, challenges for, for a conference championship and, 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 and a BCS Bowl. And then they would play a big game and just completely fall apart. Nobody remembers that? This is a Clemson before uh, uh, Dabo Sweeney and, and uh, Deshaun Watson. That Clemson. You know, they were always into the year like in the top 10, top 15, you know, a team that you kind of felt like, man, was on the cusp of taking that next step as a program and they would just lose big games after big games. Well, that's what Mississippi State reminds me of. Every time I want to get behind Mississippi State, like I want to believe in Dan Mullins and, and Mississippi State and think, man, Mississippi State is on the on the right track. They're, 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 they're going to challenge Alabama and then they get destroyed by Georgia. Now, Georgia's defense looks like it's for real. Um, so, you know, give them credit there, but 
again, Mississippi State just can never win big games. Just never can win big games. So Mississippi State is the same Mississippi State. USC struggled again. Um, I don't know what you can really say about that. Um, they're undefeated. They're undefeated, so give them credit for that. They've been able to at least survive these games and, and win. Um, I've given them more credit for surviving than just barely than losing. Because, you know, everybody's ripping USC like, oh, they're overrated. Look at them. They've struggled to win a lot of games and blah, blah, blah. USC's had a tough schedule. I mean, they've had a they've had a really tough schedule to start the year. Give them credit. I mean, and even yesterday, Cal's no pushover. That's a rivalry game. You know Cal's always going to at least come out with with energy to try to beat. And then, it, and then Cal was coming off that big win against Ole Miss. So Cal was definitely going to come in with some motivation to try to beat um, SC. They played Texas. Say what you want to say about Texas, but Texas is, you know, has players, has athletes, and played their hearts out. And it was a big game for for not just SC, but definitely a big game for Texas and their perception nationwide. So you know, that was a you know, SC's had a tough schedule, and the Pac-10. You can make the case that the Pac-10 is probably from top to bottom the best conference in in in, in the nation right now. I know some people will argue the Big Ten. Some people will argue, always argue the SEC. The SEC is falling off. I don't think the SEC is that great. I don't. Vanderbilt talked all that shit, and they got smashed last week, last night, or yesterday afternoon by Alabama, 59-0. Florida is inept offensively, so they don't impress me. Georgia's got a great defense, but Georgia never plays anybody. They play that soft-ass division schedule of theirs. So I, I'm never impressed with Georgia until they actually play Alabama in the season. In season. So I don't think the SEC is that great. I don't. So you can make the case that the Pac-12 is probably top to bottom the, the deepest conference in football right now. You could clearly make that case. So... SC struggling surprised me. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else that really stood out for me yesterday. It was kind of a we had some good games yesterday, but it was kind of not a not a big week for college football. Um, trying to think. Oh, oh, I, I man, how could I forget this? Florida State, man. I mean, I know DeAndre Francois is okay. He's a decent quarterback, but damn. Y'all niggas can't function without him now? Like, is this is this is where we've reached Florida State? Where y'all can't even function without DeAndre Francois? Losing to North Carolina State. Really? Really? North Carolina State now. North Carolina State is beating Florida State at home. Man, how have the mighty have fallen? I'm glad to see it because, you know, I have no love loss for FSU. None. None. The way they ran my nigga Bobby Bowden out of there. The way they just allowed Jameis to rape white girls over there. I'm just not really feeling FSU these days. So, you know, pardon me if I take uh, if I take happiness in their sorrows. That's just me. I'm sorry. I'm just that type of guy. But uh, Florida State is out of the national title conversation, obviously. Losing to, to North Carolina State. Um, so Clemson's clearly the team to beat. Uh, I was surprised by TCU. I still wasn't sold on TCU just yet. I know they had uh, played well to start their season. 
but I still wasn't. But, you know, TCU, I knew they were a good team, but I didn't think they were a team that could beat Oklahoma State on the road. And they beat up Oklahoma State. I know Oklahoma State kind of made it close there late. But, uh, you know, TCU really dominated that football game throughout. And I was surprised by that. So TCU beating Oklahoma State uh, was surprising, uh, to say the least. But other than that, I mean, nothing that really surprises me. Nothing that nothing that I looked at it and said, wow, um, you know, wow. Can't believe what, what, uh, what we saw there. And then next week, the slate of games next week is not great at all. I don't think you have one game that's that's of any kind of real note. Um, SC is at Washington State. I would say that's the biggest game. SC at Washington State. Washington State can put up can put up points with anybody, as we know, with that fucking with Luke Falk and Mike Leach and that offense. Um, so that's an interesting game. But outside of that, I mean, the schedule for next week doesn't really look that great. I mean, Miami of Ohio at Notre Dame. The aforementioned Mississippi State, who never wins big game, is at Auburn. I mean, I guess that's a big game. But would it surprise you that Mississippi State lays another egg against Auburn? I, it wouldn't surprise me. Um, Washington is at Oregon State. Clemson, Virginia Tech is probably the other big game of the week. Um, yeah, there's not a lot of really, like, big games that I, like, wow, got to watch it. So we're kind of in that point of the college football season where we're not a lull because it's going to pick up again, not next week, but the week after with the Red River shootout. And a couple other big games that are going to happen as the coach of the season. But just next week is definitely not going to be a college football Saturday. At least for me. Because, uh, you know, not a lot of great games. Um, so, yeah. But, uh, but man, Florida State. Wow. Losing to North Carolina State. I love it. I love it. Ah, oh, I enjoyed it. I love it. I love seeing Florida State struggle. I love it. I absolutely love it. I take pleasure in it. I know it sounds like I'm a hater, but it's just, <laughs> I can't help it. It's great. I love it. You know? Hey, call me a hater if you want. That's what I do, man. That's what I do. I can't help it, man. You know? I can't help it. But yeah, man, that's that's basically that's basically it, man. Uh, man, I, I still can't get over Ray Lewis, man. I just can't. I can't get over it. I just can't get over it. I just, man, can't get over it. I cannot get over it. Um, and my foul of the week this week is 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 an interesting one because I very, I rarely find myself in a position where I'm actually defending Eli Manning. I know it's weird because I'm one of the biggest Eli Manning detractors out there. I've always said that Eli Manning is overrated. I've always felt like he's been overrated and overblown. I think his last name has a lot to do with it. Obviously, the two Super Bowls. Um, I'll ask any any real football fan out there, if you got a game, if you're starting a franchise tomorrow, are you picking Eli Manning or Phillip Rivers? You're going to pick Phillip Rivers. Phillip Rivers is the better quarterback. But because Phillip Rivers has played for a shitty organization like San Diego for his entire career, and Eli Manning has played for a great organization, and don't think that that doesn't matter. Don't think that doesn't matter. It does matter. I've always talked about on the show that these franchises have a certain culture. There's a reason why the Lakers have won so many championships. The Celtics have won so many championships. The Yankees have won so many championships. Yes, they have the great players, and that that's number one on all lists when you start evaluating the success of certain teams and certain franchises, the players. 
But coaching, ownership, structure, culture. There's a culture of winning. And Eli Manning has played on one of the great organizations in all of sports, in the Giants. There's, there's no debating that. And he's had a lot of talent. He's had a lot of talent. But I just think for a guy who gets a lot of praise and a lot of love and a lot of adulation, he's had a lot of mediocre seasons. Individually, he's put up great numbers. But if you look at Eli Manning's career, I think he's only been in the postseason six times. Outside of the two Super Bowl appearances, I think Eli's only been to the playoffs three other times, three or four other times. That's it. And if you look at his career numbers, his his the team his team numbers, there's a lot of six and ten, seven and nine seasons in there. Now you want to say that's not all, Eli? Okay, I'll buy. But if he's so great, for a guy that great, you would expect at least a little bit better team uh, team overall team performance, right? I at least I would, I would. But this is not about Eli per se. I, I'm just I'm just pointing out that I've been a big Eli detractor in the past. But my issue today is with Ben McAdoo. Now, if you guys aren't familiar with the story, Ben McAdoo made a lot of news this week, not just because he's a terrible offensive play caller, but also because after last Monday night's um, football game against the Lions where the Giants got embarrassed offensively, I mean, they just were an absolutely atrocious offensive football team. I mean, the Giants, I mean, there's very few times, there's very few times you can look that inept on offense. Um, and and just look at that, just, that just blah on offense. And the Giants lost, I believe, 24 to 10 or 20, I want to say 24 to 10. I forgot what the final score was. I think it was 24 to 10. So after the game, you know, you know during the press conference and all that, um, you know, McAdoo comes to the podium and he basically throws Eli Manning under the bus. Again, I'm not an Eli Manning fan. I'm not an Eli Manning supporter. I'm not a Giants fan. So it's not like I'm, I'm someone that's known for, for defending Eli Manning. I'm not. But he goes on to say that sloppy quarterback play, you know, I guess they had a, um, you know, they had a, um, shit. Damn it, I hate, I'm getting old, man. You just you know you're getting old. You can't just remember your fucking train of thoughts and shit. They had a delay game, a crucial delay game. I think it was on fourth and um, fourth and one. Um, and basically, he goes on to basically call out Eli Manning that if you're a veteran quarterback, those plays shouldn't happen and blah, 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 blah. He called it sloppy quarterback play. Quarterback and center need to be on the same page there. We need to get the ball snap McAdoo set of Eli Manning. Um, it was a fourth and goal at the Lions' two-yard line. It was the fourth and goal. The, the delay game came. Um, and so he basically put it on the quarterback. And most times I'm not... I don't really get into these kind of issues when a guy gets called out by his coach. Because I, I believe these athletes are sometimes way too pampered. I believe these coaches have no fucking balls and never call out players when they need to. Um, so I'm usually... Never on the side of the player here, but I'm I'm actually on the side of Eli Manning. Who the hell is Ben McAdoo? Who I mean, like, seriously, who the hell is Ben McAdoo? You know, Ben McAdoo gets a lot of praise for a guy who's been inept as a head coach. I mean, let's be let's be serious. I, look, they won ten games last year, but that was the flukiest ten games I've ever seen in my life. Let's be real. I mean, they won ten games, but that wasn't exactly an inspiring ten games. They played nobody. You know. The NFC East was 
okay. It wasn't a great division. It was a okay division, but it wasn't great. And the Giants didn't really play anybody last year. Look at the record. I told you guys about the Giants. The Giants are going to be overrated this year. And one of the reasons I think the Giants are overrated is because I think Ben McAdoo is overrated. This is a guy that gets a lot of publicity. Oh, he was a quarterback coach for Aaron Rodgers. How hard is that job? It's fucking Aaron Rodgers. So then he gets the offensive coordinator job in New York, and he gets all this praise and blah, blah, blah. And I never was in love with their offense anyway. Even when he was the offensive coordinator, I was never in love with their offense. And he's been the head coach now for a season and some change now, so a year now. And I just haven't been that impressed with his offense. His offense is inept. Now, you can say that, you know, Eli's old. They don't have an offensive line. They have no running game to speak of. I get it. I get that. I get that. I get that. But don't tell me that they don't have enough talent there where that offense shouldn't be at least a little bit better. I mean, that offense is horrible. That offense is putrid. Outside of Odell Beckham, who in that offense scares you? Brandon Marshall looks shot. Eli, like I said, looks old. And he's always been overrated. Oh, and Sterling Shepard. And Ingram looks like he's going to be a good player. So they have. So I'm actually doing away with my argument. They have players on that offense that that offense should be a lot better. I don't want to hear the bullshit about well, you know, this, that, and the other. No, they, that offense should be a lot better than what they've shown the last few weeks of the season, the first few weeks of the season. It should be a lot better. But Ben Mac, but but I just started. I, I, I sat there and I was like, Ben McAdoo. Calling out Eli. Who the fuck is Eli? Who the fuck is Ben McAdoo? What has he done? What has he done? What has Ben McAdoo done? You know, Ben McAdoo gets a lot of credit. His offense has been inept. Inept. Let's be real. And Giants fans, put the pom-poms down for a second. And please tell me. Let's be real here. Let's be real. Let's be real for a second. Let's drink the truth serum for one second. For one second. Okay. Ben McAdoo has not distinguished himself to be the next uh, Bill Parcells, if you catch my drift. He just has not. And then you go out there and you publicly call out your quarterback? The quarterback that's responsible for you having your job to begin with? And this is where I will give some credence to two Super Bowl rings. This is a guy that has two Super Bowl rings and you don't have any. Well, he may have one, I think, when he was, you know, the quarterback coach for the fucking Packers. Again... The quarterback coach for, for Aaron Rodgers. Whoop-de-fucking-do. I can coach Aaron Rodgers to play quarterback. Quarterback meeting. Aaron, just keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> That's the basic message. That's the basic message. So it doesn't take that much to coach Aaron Rodgers, if you catch my drift. But I, I, I found myself sitting there like, well, who the hell is Ben McAdoo? Who the hell is Ben McAdoo to call out Eli Manning? I know he's his head coach and he's allowed to. But let's be serious here. Ben McAdoo has not exactly distinguished himself to be a big-time NFL coach. At least in my eyes, he hasn't. So my foul of the week is Ben McAdoo. I can't believe that I'm actually defending Eli Manning because, again, I am a huge Eli Manning detractor. So I can't believe that I'm even actually saying this to Eli Manning. But that was wrong by Ben McAdoo. I'll tell you, I'll tell Ben this. If you want to call out somebody, why don't you call out your boy Jerry Reese? Call him out. Because he has yet to build an offensive line in five years. That offensive line is a joke. 
I mean, that, that, is, that is literally a joke of an offensive line. I really believe that if I, put, if I added 75 pounds, I can block better than fucking Eric Flowers. I really believe that. I really believe that. Eric Flowers is inept at his job. Literally inept at his job. Again, all I need to add is like 70 pounds, my nigga. And I'm, and I'm better at my... I'm better at Eric Flowers' job than Eric Flowers' is. Pew is average. The rest of that offensive line is, 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 is nothing worth speaking on. So, again, that offensive line is a joke. So if you want to call out somebody, why don't you call out your boss? Why don't you call out your boss? Call out the man that's responsible for picking the players. That's the man you need to be calling out. That's my foul of the week. I can't believe that I'm actually defending Eli Manning. Ugh, ugh. I need to drink some water after that because I feel like I'm gonna, I feel like I'm gonna fucking throw up. But I mean, I think it had to be said. I mean, Ben McAdoo, Ben McAdoo, Ben McAdoo. And I've watched a lot of Giants games. I've watched a lot of Giants games. So don't tell me I don't know what I'm talking about. And I'm, I'm still waiting for this offensive genius of Ben McAdoo. And they're, and they're now 0-3. I told you guys about the Giants. Anyway, that's my foul of the week, man. You know, I'm going to get up out of here. It's a beautiful day out. <sighs> Got to go catch some of these sun rays. Last few days of, of great weather we have around here before the, the shitty weather comes back here in, in the great north the great Pacific Northwest. So uh, got to enjoy these beautiful days while you have them. So yeah, I'm going to get up out of here, man. As always, as always, I say this every week and I'll never get old. Thank you so much for listening, for subscribing, for downloading the show. Um, whether you listen to it all throughout, if you listen to one episode, if you listen to five minutes of it, thank you so much for listening um, and subscribing to the show, man. Uh, we've just, we just continue to get so much great feedback from everybody that listens. Um, and I say this every week, man, but, you know, take that feedback and drop us a fucking iTunes review because we need that, man. That's how, that's how it gets our show noticed. That's what moves us up the rankings. So if you like the show, if you like what you're listening to, um, you know, go ahead and write us a review. Leave us a couple star ratings or whatever. Those reviews, those ratings, they bump us up in the, in the, in the iTunes world. And if you guys know iTunes, it's a, it's a universe in there all into itself for podcasts. So, you know, so. You know, if you like the show, you know, let the world know how much you like the show, man. So leave us a review. If you don't like the show, too, I guess you could say that. But don't don't be a hater. Don't be a hater. Um, but nah, man, if you like the show, just leave us a review on iTunes. And as always, thank you for listening. Uh, thank you for subscribing. Thank you for listening and supporting the show. I truly appreciate it. Every week I say this and it doesn't get old. Um, I want to give a shout out to my co-hosts. Um, everybody responsible for producing this show um, every week. It's 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 an honor and a privilege to work with you gentlemen. So um, I just want to thank you guys, man, for real. And I also want to thank um, the numerous amount of people that reached out to me this week. Um, if you guys don't know, I had a, uh, a death in the family. My father passed away this week or last week, I should I say, uh, Wednesday morning passed away. Um, 
the horrible disease that is cancer took another soul this week or last week, should I say? Um, and uh, I just want to thank everybody that reached out to me, man. I, it was so humbling to see so many people um, just leave comments and and condolences and regards on Facebook. I had people, you know, obviously who have my number text me, um, drop me DMs. You know, hit me up on Twitter. People that I don't know, not even friends, family, but people that I don't know, people that listen to the show, you know, hit me up and were like, yo, man, sorry to hear about your pops, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So I, I just want to thank everybody that reached out to me, friends, family, listeners, strangers, everybody, man. I I, I can't thank you guys enough, man. It, it's truly, truly, truly humbling. Um, Truly, truly humbling, man. It, it's just... I, you know, I, I wasn't able to thank all you guys individually, so don't take offense to it. It's just so, I mean, I'm not trying to brag, but it was just so many. Um, but I just want to thank you guys publicly. Um, your words made me feel really good, man. And um, it's been a long week. It's been a tough couple days. But uh, family's doing good. I'm doing good. I'm in good spirits. I'm, I'm dealing with it. It's hard, but uh, I'm going to pull through, as always. You know what I'm saying? We Latinos, so we do that. You know what I mean? Ain't no other choice but to pull through. Um... But yeah, yeah, man. I hate to I hate to end the show on a, such a sour note. So as always, man, thank you for listening to the show. Um, follow me on Twitter at the Manual Brown on Instagram at the Manual Brown. Um, also follow the show podcast page on Twitter, the TF Podcast One, the TF Podcast One. Um, as always, man, thank you for listening. We'll be back next week. We'll be previewing the uh, MLB postseason. Yes, October baseball is finally here. Next week, next Sunday, we'll be previewing in depth. Uh, the Major League Baseball postseason. We'll be giving our predictions as far as who's going to win the awards. We're going to make our World Series picks, that sort of thing. Um, don't know who's going to be my co-host yet. Um, we'll see. Uh, if not, then I'll just it'll just be me giving you all this heat again, as always. Catch y'all next week. Uh, peace out. Uh, as y'all can hear in the background, I don't know if y'all can listen to it, but my dog is letting me know that she wants to uh, go use the bathroom, so I got to attend to the Duchess. But, uh, yeah, man, thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with another fire episode um, previewing the uh, MLB postseason. Uh, yes, that time is here. Major League Baseball playoffs are here. October baseball is finally here. The best time of year. It really is the best time of year. It really is. It's the best time of year. You got college football going on. The NBA season is getting ready to start. College basketball is not too far away. NHL is getting ready to, to, to start real soon, too. Um, obviously, you got the NFL and everything that's going on with that. So, and then, of course, you know, you got the postseason, Major League Baseball postseason, which is the best postseason, in my opinion. It's the best postseason. I know people will argue the NBA play. I mean, have you guys seen the NBA playoffs recently? <laughs> have you guys seen the NBA playoffs? Yeah, exactly. Um, the NFL playoffs are a second. I, I are good, too. I, I would say baseball, NHL, to me, are the best postseasons in all sports. Um, and, and then, of course, you know, the NCAA tournament. I think you have to throw that in there. So those are the three best. And then everybody else kind of falls behind. So it's a great time of year. It really is. It's a great time of year. And, uh, you know, no more hiatuses. No more breaks. We're here every week on in. So we'll be here to cover it, man. So as always, thank you for listening. I'm your host, Manny Fresh. We out of here. Peace. Peace.